your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom. Kyle Sullivan and the Avalanche with a 5-2 to two victory over the Detroit Red Wings to get back in the win column following maybe probably their worst game of the season against the Boston yeah. Bruins. Yeah. So we will break it all down and we will have uh, a lot to get to our sound check, obviously, and discuss uh, which players helped or hurt their cause in uh, terms of being on the trading block when it comes to the Avalanche. But first things first, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. Follow the show, social media outlets, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, Locked On Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow the show on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe and get notified when a new show goes live. All right, Kyle. Yeah, 5-2 win for the Avs. They get back into the win column. I absolutely loved how they started this game. That first shift was the best opening shift that they had had all season, hands down. It kind of set the tone. They didn't keep that momentum up for the entirety of the game, but that's what you wanted to see coming out of the gates, especially after how they played in Boston. It was almost like it was a very cocky start, like, it was like one of those Bednar in the locker rooms, like, all right, go out and have a good start. And that first line went out there and had the most dominating first shift that you've seen all year. They put it in, they get to the bench and they're like, okay, now what? Yeah. What's next? <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, it was almost like, uh, you know, men um, uh, amongst boys. And yeah. we had talked yesterday about how Detroit is that up and coming team, but they still have a lot of uh, ways to go. And the Avalanche exploited that on shift number one. Yeah. And it was kind of nice to see Darren Helm out there with the, the the first shift. I mean, he was out there with Landeskog and Ranton, and you knew he wasn't going to stay on that shift the entirety of the game. But a nice nod by Jared Bednar to put him out there to start the game. And it wasn't just, we're going to put you out there and then, you know, skate around for 20 seconds and we'll come out. They were, I mean, I think the game started immediately with a with an icing. Yeah. So it came all the way back down to the avalanche end, and they held it in that zone for well over a minute. Yeah. It was impressive. It looked like they were on a power play. And you could tell Kale McCarr was trying to go to Helm. He yeah. had him. He had him. He was open, but uh, it just got knocked around, but it went right to Captain Gabe Landeskog, who put it home. They don't do that typically. The apps no. usually like to settle in, get the feel of the game. There was none of that. I think they were itching to get back out on the ice and avenge the disaster in Boston. I don't think there's any way around it. I wish it's it's kind of bittersweet that this is our last game with Detroit in the regular season because if we get two or three more games against Detroit, that means we get two or three more points out of Darren Helm. Is that, yeah, <laughs> get, I mean. He got. Let me see. Because everybody remembers your, on that, but that was it. Yeah, go ahead. Your your favorite Darren Helm uh, clip of the year so far was his little breakaway goal he had 
the first time we faced Detroit. Yeah, that's true. That's right. And then yeah. fast forward to this game, and you get to see him on the top line, and it's a nice little nod to everybody in Detroit. And they gave him a nice little video package, and then you get a little bit of a highlight out of Darren Helm, and then we're not going to hear anything else for a while. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, you want 82 games against uh, Detroit for Darren Helm. Um, you had Pablo Franco starting this game. I th- Again, this is why you want a mm-hmm. solid backup. And we've been singing the praises of Darcy Kemper for a little while now, which he deserves. But he had back-to-back rough games. He won one of them in Buffalo, but it wasn't his best effort. Follow that up with everybody played poor in Boston. And you're comfortable giving him a rest and yeah. saying, just sit out for a little bit and we'll put Franzos in. And I thought Franzos looked good. Uh, you know, let in two goals. And and the the, the first I mean, both goals were it's you know tough, tough saves. It's tough to ask him to save both of those shots. I would have liked to see him not give up such a big rebound on the first one. Yeah. Uh, but it was an odd man rush for for Detroit, and you know, stuff like that is gonna happen. But you just love the fact that you have a backup who can spell the the starter when he has a couple rough games. Love it. Yeah, it, 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 we are so far removed. What feels like we're far removed from not knowing who is going to be our backup. Like we had uses for a little bit. We were calling up. I mean, well, JoJo was a part of this year's team. <laughs> Does everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody forgets that? But we had JoJo. He was still there. And now to have a solid one-two punch and goal is such a relief. And you feel good. Both of them have juicy blockers, both Darcy and Pavel. They have juicy blockers, and they got to work on that. But mm. like it's it's a good effort from Pavel Francouz tonight. And yeah, the two goals, almost that third at the end. But mm. like, I mean, it was a good performance. And you got a goal from Tyson Jost. Um, and like I said yesterday i would be watching this bottom six you know with an eagle eye and i thought they were okay um they started out great you wanted that joe's got the the second goal in the first period to put him up two to nothing um and i thought they were you know he was working hard and he always yes we say that all the time about him that he works really really hard um and it you know he needed that yes lord he needed that not just for himself but kind of representing the bottom six for the Colorado avalanche. Like those guys needed a, a win in terms of, you know, getting some points on the board. And uh, it was a nice play. It was a hardworking goal and, and he fought for it and he got it. Yeah. And when we always talk about like Tyson Jost and JT, like this is what separates them is JT has that ability to make a play and scoring the goal. And he was, he was very present on the ice he was making plays. He stepped up, and that's what we've been asking him to do all season, actually. But it was good to see him actually do it last yeah. night against Detroit. Um, I'm bringing up – I'm having trouble with uh, the Natural Stat Trick website. I don't know. It's been glitching all night long but um, I because I wanted to bring up I, – I just like looking at, like, Corsi scores and Fenway mm. scores and stuff like that. And, yeah, it's glitching on me right now. Oh, here well, we go. Um, yeah, go ahead. While, while you're pulling that up, it's it's a good fact that we can actually talk about seeing Tyson Jost. Like, he didn't slip into Invisible. Like, he was there in LOC with the assists on the Jost goal. So you got to see that fire up a little bit. And Newhook trying his best. So he's he's right there about to start that goal scoring again. 
So everything mm-hmm. around that Joe's goal was everything we've been asking for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, now, now the whole website just crashed. <laughs> All right. Forget it. it I, it's, something's going on with it tonight. So I had it up and then it just it said it doesn't want to work right now. Um, maybe I'll, I'll try again a little bit later. But uh, interesting line combinations because mm-hmm. no Nathan McKinnon uh, out with a lower body injury. Doesn't seem like it's too serious. And I think they were thinking like, well, you know, let's just get them home. This is the last game. I'm not trying to minimize Detroit, but you should be able to handle them even without Nathan McKinnon. So send them home, let them get a couple of days rest because they don't play until Friday, obviously in Denver against Winnipeg. Um, but they bought Burkowski up to the top line. And uh, let's discuss that. But first, let's hear from Bet Online. So the football season is obviously over, but you still have many other sports to choose from over at betonline.net, including the basketball season, which is in full steam ahead mode, with both the pro and college hoops available for your betting action from the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. Betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. It remains the best spot for your sports scores, podcasts, and news for this season. And it isn't just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for the NHL, boxing, and UFC. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and all of the action. It's where the game starts. That's BetOnline.net. So with Nathan McKinnon out, usually that's what they do is bring up Burakovsky. That's happened many times in the past. And I, I shouldn't even say when Nathan McKinnon is out. When anybody in that top line is out, they tend to bring Burkowski up. Um, I don't really feel like he's earned that right now. And and I kind of wonder if they did it. And I'm okay with this if they did. How we were talking yesterday, is there anybody from the Eagles that they should bring up to kind of jumpstart that bottom six? Maybe they wanted to do it to kind of jumpstart him. But I don't know. See, I, I, I'm kind of like thinking out loud now. Like, I get it. And again, the opponent maybe had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going up against Florida or Vegas or Tampa, maybe you don't do that and chance it. Uh, but maybe you're when, because you're going up against Detroit, maybe you, he'll be able to find some open spots a little bit easier. Um, and he had an assist on the day. But what's the thing with with Burakovsky is it's it's almost like his nickname is is uh, shoots it wide, yeah, <laughs> you know, like he, and, and and he did so uh, on an open net and uh, open net shots full full ice are are tough. I'm not saying, but it was just so poetic that like that's what we see him do over and over again. And when, you know, the goalie's not even in net, he shoots it wide. See, the, th- the thing, I can watch Avalanche games now on altitude, and I close my eyes every time Berkey gets the puck, and I hear, shot by Burakovsky, <laughs> it's wide and it misses the net. It's all the time. And it's he's got like Rick and Keel syndrome, like where he's just <laughs> he just can't do it. He cannot do it. You give him the open net, and he still can't. It's just, it's a little frustrating, and I agree with you, like, I don't know if he's earned that spot. Like, if you want him to, honestly, the move when, because pulling the curtain back, whenever little things like this happen, like in the lineup, we'll shoot it back and forth in a message like, hey, check this out. And my first thing was fire Bednar. (laughs) Like, because it's, 
yeah. he hasn't deserved that spot. And honestly, if you want to fire Burakowski up, send him down to line three. Which he's done. He has done that mid-game. He never yes. started started a line there. Um, and I don't remember off the top of my head which game it was, but he he has done that. So it's kind of like you're 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 toying with the guy's emotions by propping him up to the first line to try to get him like going and invigorated. And then you're the opposite end of that is yeah. you're bringing him down to the third line because he's just not playing well. Uh, and that's a blow to the ego, too. So and that that upgrade, that promotion to line one is one of those we're firing you up because your production's been there. You deserve this spot. If you are dropped down to line three, you're like, hey, you can do better. We know you can do better. Show us you can do better and get your spot back. Yeah. Like you could easily give like if Val was up there on line one, nobody would bat an eye. They'd be like, okay, Nate's yeah. out. That makes sense. Or even Joseph's filled that role before. And honestly, even with his production right now, if Jost would have made that jump up there, you would have been, okay, he's done it before and he performed well when he's on that top line. So we'll see what he can do. Burakovsky still hasn't done that and his production's not there to the point where even the Altitude broadcast is pointing out like, there's so many ways you could put the man can't score right now I know, so eloquently. I, I mean, and I feel bad for him, obviously. Like, yeah. And I think I just did a quick count been 17 games since he scored a goal uh his last goal was january 14th against arizona he has not scored a goal since then and he's only got a handful of assists so it's not even that he's you know supplementing the lack of goal scoring uh with ramping up his assists he's just struggling to score and uh, you know i thought and and saying that in, in in struggling to score I thought he looked okay skating around tonight. Like he had some some good opportunities. He was making good moves. I didn't really see any foolish turnovers or anything like that by him. It he's just such in a rut right now. Yeah, that he just does not have the confidence that when he shoots, uh, something's going to go in. His his next goal is going to be a a you know I, I say garbage goal. Not, not I don't mean it's like meaningless. But it's like you know, you know, in uh, in baseball, when when a, a batter just needs a hit and he just mm -hmm. bunts, yeah, just laid on a bunt to get on first base, like it's gonna be something like that. It's gonna be off a rebound or or a tip or something. It I just don't anticipate it being one of those Andre Burakovsky like lasers, which he yeah. has. Mm -hmm. it, he just doesn't have the confidence that anything's gonna go in. And honestly, we should be asking the question at this point. We've seen him go up a line, we've seen him go down a line, and you see no change. Is that a cause for concern when it comes to evaluating Burakovsky and what we're doing there? Is this a problem? Is this a liability? Because you mentioned he looked good skating out there. That's great if you're on line three and four because that's all they're doing right now is skating. Like the top line, we don't need a, a good skater. Yeah, right. I don't know. Again, I think it might be some of the opponent uh, yep. because – and then you could use that argument against me of what I'm saying. Like if the opponent is is Detroit, obvious like with any other team, like the skill set and and you know it goes down as you go down the lines. Put him on that third line. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He and he should be dominant. Yeah. And and let him get a couple goals if he can manage that on a third line. I mean, that would just do good for his morale. Yep. Uh so I can I can honestly see both sides of why you would put him up there for now when you're facing Detroit. Yeah. Um, 
I, and maybe you're with me on this. Like, I just, like you're saying, that's for someone who's like earned it and you promote mm-hmm. that person. To me, I, I would have put someone like Alex Newhook up there if you're yeah. not going to put like Nachuskin. But Absolutely. I like Nachuskin. Keep Nachuskin on the second line. Those guys work great together. Because um, Newhook is- would be my guy. Yeah, he's right there on the edge, especially with all his contributions and everything he's doing, skating around, the assists. He's right on the edge, and you know if you put him in that top line that he's probably going to net you a goal. Yeah. With, yeah. With, and you're you're taking a gamble with putting Berkey up there, hoping that you're going to give him a jump start, but your jumper cables are backwards. Or even <laughs> – and that does more damage than good. Um, <laughs> or even mess around with – like he messed around with lines in Boston. Yeah. Put him up there for a little while and then drop him down. And I don't think I saw that. I, I don't believe I saw him really go down because, like, again, because I do feel like he was skating pretty well. So you're not going to drop him down because he's not playing well. Um, you know, you drop him down if he's making mistakes and making stupid errors. I didn't see that out of him. It's just he could, he can't put the puck in the net right now. So you leave him up there for the game because he, he did have a good game in terms of, you know, skating with the, the top line just not materializing into goals no and and it's 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 rough to watch it's rough to watch and we're all cheering for him we want this to happen because again we know his potential we know what he can do it's just how do we get that out of him yeah uh and this isn't the last we're going to be talking about him we'll talk about him in the next segment but looking at some stats for the abs you know again we talk about face-offs all the time and how depending on where you're taking the face off, it, it matters or not. Um, but I just wish the abs could be a little bit better on the face off front. <laughs> you know, they lost the face off percentage 57% to 43%. And again, like when face offs at center ice don't hold as much weight as uh, offensive or defensive zone face offs. But this is, this is avalanche problems 101 from you know four or five years ago when they were horrible yes at face-offs and it seemed like they were progressively getting better and they've taken a giant step back yeah you just want them to win a face especially on you know when when they're on a power play and you just have the mindset of like all right we're not going to win this. It's going to get cleared. And then here we go running the drop back pass, which doesn't work all the time for the Avalanche. Like, you know, that is going to be the first 15 seconds of an Avalanche power play. Yep. Because they can't win a face off. And those are the ones that you need to win. I wonder what that drill looks like when they get back to Denver and they do little face off drills and they just drop the puck and they, I bet both guys just stand there and look at it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you want to get that? You going to get that? Who wants, who wants it? If, if I call it's, it a biscuit, will you jump after it? Yeah, you know, like, come on. I mean, it, it is a problem, especially another one of the, my favorite stats that we get to quote literally every game, 0 for 3 on the power play. There you go. Like, I know. 0 for 3 yeah. on the power play and losing faceoffs, game in, game out. And, and then, I'm tired of saying, like, the power play looked good, but, you know, nothing came of it. I'm tired of saying that. So because that's what's happening. Like, yeah, they they had possessions almost for the full two minutes after it was uh, cleared and they brought it back in. There were moments where the Avs had a power play for like a minute and a half in the offensive zone and had some pretty good looks. You can't put it in the net for some reason. And that's the frustrating part. I'm happy with 
how you know every once in a while you get a stinker on, yeah. on power play that's going to happen but uh but for the most part i feel like they are once they do get it they're doing better of getting it into the zone i was giving up on that slingshot play it's horrendous yeah and you could see the big difference with nathan mckinnon not being there i love gabe landeskog more than anybody he can't handle that play that's not his skill set is weaving in and out of traffic puck handling and they were forcing him to do it and it wasn't working and something I noticed uh, last night, I think it was on the first power play, when somebody will skate, I think Kale was skating around the back of the net, and they have someone also skating the opposite way on his backhand, giving that little option for a dump-off pass. That happened two or three times cycling in that power play. That opened up so many options of what they could do. I've, I honestly I don't know of any other time that we've tried that on the power play. But if we could keep pushing mm-hmm. that way, I think we'll find success doing that because mm-hmm. you could easily just lift your stick and let the guy coming in take that puck and take a shot. There's so many things they could do with that. I saw that introduced last night and abandoned, but we need to get back to that because I yeah. think we got some money there. Yeah. Well, no, because Nathan McKinnon's coming back. We're going right oh. back to the, the, the drop back. That's what's <laughs> happening. So, I mean, I would have let Cam McCarr do it. Yeah, let McCarr be that guy. I yeah. know, like that's not ideal when he's a, a defender. You want him at the point, but let him at least bring it in, and then he can get it in the zone, and then he can just cycle back around and take his position at the point. Loc, he could do it. Even Burkowski could do it. Yeah, Burkowski can do it. And, yep. and when you're, when they're down a man, he's got more time and space. Like he he can produce that. He's usually so. doing that on the roll of the PP two on the two. Usually, yeah, yeah he is. So. I don't know. I just didn't agree with having Landis Cog do it, but no. um, it's got to improve. Faceoff's got to improve, and uh, power plays. You'd like to see them get a few more because uh, now is the time where you want to like fine tune those things because they're important in the playoffs. We're not, you know, faceoffs maybe aren't the most important thing uh, right now, but come playoff time, when when the game is on the line, you need to win a faceoff. Absolutely. And I don't have uh, confidence right now that the Avalanche can do that. No. All right, let's get to our sound check of the day and uh, discuss the songs that we feel best summarize the action against the Detroit Red Wings. Go for it, Mr. Sullivan. This game, with the absence of one Nate Dog, the slash murderer McKinnon, <laughs> <laughs> the, the song I picked out for last night's game is none other than We Don't Need Another Hero by the goddess Tina Turner. I like that. What what is her nickname? Is she like the queen? She got to be a queen of something. Queen of soul or queen I mean what is she? Is, I, I, I don't know what her nickname I, is. I just know it's it's Tina Turner and when you when yes. that name is said you respect it. it oh, Tina yeah, like, Turner is the best. You and this is like Aretha basically is what Hey. <laughs> and it, when this song drops into the soundcheck playlist, pull up the lyrics of this song and listen to it and mm-hmm. read the lyrics, it really fits what was going on last night in that Detroit game. Uh, I just did a quick Google search, and she's widely referred to as the queen of rock and roll. Yeah. So I've I've put the king of rock and roll and the queen of rock and roll. In- there you go. Now you, just, now you just have to do Prince. Just Prince. When do we play I'm the thinking- wild? Hey. <laughs> Paisley Park. Um... <laughs> That's a good one, and and that movie, uh, that's yes, about her, is that's a fantastic movie. I mean, it's, it's sad, but it's uh, 
it's sad, but you know, she obviously comes out on top in the end. So mm-hmm. uh, I think what's love got to do with is the name of the movie. Fantastic. Auto, yes, you're right. Biography or biography on her. Uh, good choice, sir. I'm going with, um, you know, kind of playing off of the previous game that was horrendous against Boston. And, uh, the, the, I looked at the definition just to give you the, the professional definition of sorrow, uh, which is a feeling of deep distress caused by loss, disappointment, or other misfortune suffered by oneself or others. So I think we were all feeling a lot of sorrow after the game on Boston. So I am going with Lincoln Park and No More Sorrow is mm. the name of the song off the Minutes to Midnight soundtrack. Uh fantastic album, fantastic song. And yeah, you f- you're feeling good like and I put up on Twitter after the first period uh I've already forgotten that yep. that Boston game. It, it was not, and I wasn't saying like the Avalanche have this in the bag and they're going to win it, but you just felt like all right, this is more of the speed that I like to see. And after one period, all right, guys, you're, you're forgiven. You're yeah. forgiven after that stinker. It was um, good to take a breath at that first period, Mark, and you're like, ah, oh, this is avalanche hockey. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, that's mine. No More Sorrow from Linkin Park. You got Tina Turner. What was the name of the song again? We Don't Need don't Another need Hero. We Don't Need Another Hero. All right. Uh, and those will be up on the Spotify playlist. If you want to follow along, uh, those get added every, every morning. So, um, all right. And we're also going to start talking about the players that could be up for trade for the abs, which are obviously, you know, you're hearing names like JT Comfrey hearing like Tyson Jost. You are hearing Andre Burakovsky, uh, not so much for his play, although that probably does factor into it, but he is an unrestricted free agent. Do they want to mm-hmm. unload him and get something for it? It's always a possibility. So we're going to look at guys like that after games and say, did they, hurt or help their stock technically uh, in being on the trade block or maybe being removed from the trade block. So we'll start with, I mean, we, we talked about Burakovsky most recently, so we'll talk about him again. Do you think he, he helped himself hurt himself or pretty much remain the same? If you're following along at home, listening in the car and you're keeping your track in your journal, like I do about these three players every day, Berkey is sitting flat at two after his performance against Detroit. Um, He really didn't help. He really didn't hurt. And that's his problem. He's just neutral. Like Mm. there's, there's not, you're not getting production, but he's also not giving it away and putting you in a bad spot. So he's just there. It's tough because, again, like I thought he played a, a relatively good game and he wasn't like a liability. He didn't make some blind passes to center ice, you know, that we've seen him do every once in a while. But it's getting to the point where him, it's like, do you just chance it that he's going to break out of this come playoff time? Like we did last year. Remember we did last year with, with Nazem Kadri? Yeah. Kadri did not have a good end to the, the season last year and we were all giving him a pass because we were just waiting for the the postseason to come around because that's when he shines. And do the Avalanche do that? Do they have that same mindset with with Burkowski that, you know, yeah, he's struggling right now, but we're winning games. We put him up on the front, the, the top line, and he was was okay. Uh, maybe didn't provide what they wanted, that what you know, the idea of putting him up there wasn't a success in terms of what they wanted him to produce. Uh, so I don't think he hurt himself at all. 
from last night's game. But like you're saying, I don't think he he helped himself that much. If you're forcing me to go one way or another, and I can't say he's remained neutral, I would say he he improved his stock ever so slightly. I say he's got three more games, and then he's got a 20-game goalless streak. I think once he hits that mark, every game that isn't a goal, he's hurting himself. That could be, yeah. Yeah, and and is only getting maybe like one assist at a time. I don't even yeah. think he had more than two, one assist in any of those games either. Yep. So yeah, I mean it's it's on the fence, but um, I'm, I'm not as down on him against the game against against Detroit. No. Uh, what about JT Confer? What do you think he you think he's uh, hurt his stock, helped his stock, or remained the same? Uh, he absolutely hurt his stock because this is the first time all episode we have mentioned his name. Yeah, I I think what you said, 18 minutes of ice time. He did. He had 18 minutes, which, you know, everyone tell me your favorite JT moment from last night. I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah, That's... well, they put and that was another move that they made, you know, with with McKinnon being out. He was on the top unit yep. for power plays, which they've done before. Again, that that's something that's not new. Uh, but do, again, we're at the point of the season where why aren't you rewarding guys that maybe should be there mm-hmm. again, like Alex Newhook, you got him on the second unit pretty much all season long. Um, and I keep going back to the opponent and maybe that was the idea behind putting him on power play one, but, uh, that's really the only time I really noticed him was, yep. was on the power plays. Other than that, when it was five on five. Not much doing for for Comfer, and I think his his kind of his partner Jost doing better mm. hurt JT because you always put those two in the same category. You always mm. compare them against each other, and when one does better and the other is invisible, that really hurts. It's almost like a times two multiplier on that. Yeah, and I mean you're kind of answering your question there for for uh, Tyson Jost came up with the goal obviously so that's gonna help yes you know and you want to see that over and over and over again and and you know i think there's still people that hold out hope that tyson joe's can turn things around because of the season he had last year he he yeah. earned himself another contract with the abs albeit a small one uh, but he turned things around last year and people thought maybe that was him turning the corner hasn't really done that but uh, again the bunt theory mm. <laughs> if you you get a goal does that just signify any like you taking off in any in any way shape or form i don't know it's still we have to take a wait and see approach with him for the rest of the year but for at least today you know you score a goal you're hurt you're you're helping yourself i should say i mean if it was just the landeskog bookends and the jost goal we win the game yeah so but that Nichuskin goal was sweet. Oh, it was so sweet. That, that, oh. was, that, that was solid. I mean, that's tough to when, when the puck is that much deep into your uh, skates and you're able to, uh, in, you know, corral it and, and have the skill set to kick it yourself and then go backhand, forehand, backhand or whatever way he did uh, and put it in that. That was that was a, that was a sick goal. That was very pre- impressive. Yeah. And Berkey is becoming the new nuke. When he started, it was like, when is he going to score a goal? It's been years. I don't want to have to have that conversation with Burakovsky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what do you guys think? Do you, do you feel like these guys, uh, you know, help themselves, hurt themselves, or it doesn't really matter at this point in the game, but uh, something we'll do after each game, kind of just to evaluate how these guys that maybe 
are on the block are doing. So uh, that'll wrap it up. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll kind of be discussing the weekend, busy weekend for the Avs with a back-to-back with uh, Winnipeg. And then, you know, once again, the second leg of the back-to-back, the back-to-back is against Vegas. So that's always fun. Mm. Um, But we will be discussing those. So other than that, Avs get a win. So everything is uh, thumbs up again. But thank you for tuning in and making it your first listen of the day. Head on over to Locked on NHL. Get caught up in everything going on around the league for your second listen of the day. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow to wrap up the week. And like I said, look forward to the weekend. So he is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked On Avalanche podcast. And we will see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go.